It's Megacon, the largest comic book, anime, gaming, and multimedia event in the southeastern U.S. returns. Megacon from March 21st through the 23rd, 2014 at the Orange County Convention Center in Magical Orlando, Florida. Confirmed comic book guests include Frank Bruner, Neil Adams, Bill Sinkevic, Mark Wade, Ron Mars, Greg Land, Michael Golden, Dennis Calero, George Perez, Brandon Peterson, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Collie Hamner, Carl Story, Renee Winterstater, Billy Tucci, and Brian Polito. Just added Nick Bradshaw, Adam Kubert, Dan Jurgens, Mike Miller, Kevin Eastman, Joshua Ortega, Digger, Bart Sears, Ethan Van Skyver, Mike McCone, Frank Thierry, Mike Mayhew, and Chuck Dixon. Confirmed media guests include stars from AMC's The Walking Dead, Torchwood, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Smallville, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many, many, many more. Plus I, Scott Gardner, will be there representing the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Tickets are available online now at www.megaconvention.com. Children 10 and under are free with paid adult ticket. That's Megacon 2014 at the Orange County Convention Center, Magical Orlando, Florida, March 21st through the 23rd. For information, contact info at megaconvention.com or visit www. Megaconvention.com. That's Megacon 2014. Be there. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Illogic. Foolish emotions. Constant irritant. And transpire out! Three! Two! Along the circus. <laughs> right next to the dog-faced boy. True! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, it's a super prize package worth nine thousand three hundred and eighty dollars. Money. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Ow! Go And now, together by live simulation via the internet, your hosts. Scott Gardner. He killed a police officer for Christ's sake. Thank God then what he did kill her. And Chris Honeywell. Keep away! Keep away from me! You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Looking at me? Yeah, because she thought you're some kind of freak. Now come on, let's go. She likes me, eh? No way. Shut up, you freak! Julia, shoot. I say shut up! It's a man! A man! shooting this shit conversation hell i might even play a video game at some point <laughs> all right hey well guess what the show's already started because i just hit record oh, okay so welcome to 
I don't know what the hell we'll call it. Scott Gardner walks around in his underwear episode of Two True Freaks. <laughs> I am not in my underwear for a change, but you're uh, not walking around in your whitey tidies. No, no, just because the kids are about. So. Like, yeah. Well, not at the moment. Don't actually, don't alarm them. <laughs> Logan's at school and Scotty's out running errands, but just in case they come home, you know. I think it's some like half-trained Bigfoot from, that's escaped. Exactly. I don't want to traumatize them. Uh, any more. <laughs> yeah, any more than they already are. <laughs> oh, man. How's it going? How you doing? Good. It's been a weird month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. it as, very... as anybody who's been following the Monthly Mondays know, I've been having a series of guest hosts ever since Star Trek Monthly Monday because Scott's computer... Oh, what's the technical term for it? Shit the bed, I think. I was just going to say, shit the bed. I think that's a pretty technical term right there. Uh, throw out the sheets, it's done. Yep. Well, it, uh, long story short, it started acting funny. And I started tra- tracking down what it was that it was doing, thinking that it was just a simple, um, what do you call it, an audio driver. Because it, it first okay. made itself as the the audio would, would kind of skip and, and it just sounded scratchy to me when playing some music and stuff. And it just, it steadily got worse. And so then, you know, my, my natural tendency, once I got past the driver thing is I must've picked up a bad virus somewhere. So Mm -hmm. I started tracking down the virus thing and then things just started failing in rapid succession. And just through the series of all the error messages I got and everything. And see, the nice thing about this sort of thing now is that, you know, I've got the iPad so I can just jump on the, on the Internet, you know, and research things. Whereas before, if, a, you know, if the computer started acting up, or you're done. Yeah. yeah. You got nothing you can do. You got to, like, go to the local library or something to, to research this shit. And that's you know? sad. Yeah. So uh, anyway, long story short, researching all the errors I was getting and everything, it pretty much led straight to the conclusion that, nope, it's the hard drive. It's pretty much hosed. So the the only part of it that I, I kicked myself is that at one point I was a, able to actually do a full boot up and I had the thing going and I probably could have rescued the... See, the nice thing is, is that when the drive failed, I didn't really have anything like where I was going to like lose sleep or cry my eyes out that I lost right. it other than pictures. About the last two or three years worth of all my pictures were on there. That sucks. But I mean, as far as like, you know, music or important files or documents or any of that, I mean, that stuff's all backed up to other things, you know? This was just photos. And it's funny because I was just thinking not long ago gee, you know, that folder's getting kind of fat. I better, you know, back that stuff up. And, you know, and then this happened. But anyway. A big fat folder. Why don't you back that thing up? I think I've made that joke before when my computer died. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I know so many people, including myself, who've learned the hard way of yep. keeping, you know, basically I've got two, two working hard drives right now, two that I can only access through an Apple computer that I have to just, like, bleed stuff off but i've got in in the house four two true freaks emergency packs <laughs> you know where if if I, if my computer starts smoking and burning you know and i have access to another computer i could you know i have all the show intros whatever um 
you know, whatever shows haven't been edited yet. Right. Stuff. Actually, I'm due for a backup on that. But, right, uh, so this, this one time I was able to get it to fully boot, and that was my prime opportunity right then and there to back that shit up. And because I got right in, I thought, oh, I must be working this out, you know? And then right. that, it, that was the last time I was ever able to get it fully yeah. booted up. And I was like, God damn it. So I went through all kinds of different things trying to reaccess that drive. And it finally went to a point where, all right, I'm just not going to be able to get it to, to boot. So Scotty has um, a really nice laptop of his own that uh, we got him not long ago for his schoolwork. So... Um, he, you know, with his permission, I went and I got this thing. What the hell is it called? It's a USB universal drive adapter, which is pretty much just a fancy way of saying, let's make this internal drive an external drive. Right, you know, okay. It's a cord that you hook up. So I hooked all that up and everything, and um, it didn't work. So I thought, all right, well, maybe it's the cord. So I had an old drive from a different computer. We hooked that up, and that works just fine. So it's the drive. The drive's just hosed. Dead, yeah. There's because it doesn't read anything. You know, it, it reads it as actually a a uh, it's like a defective zip drive or something. You know, like it tries to access it. It knows it's there, but it just there's nothing to get. You know, yeah, that's 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 how my computer, my last computer died. Yeah, it's still sitting. I mean, I could basically stick a disk in it with an operating system on it and boot it back up, but everything that was on it is yeah on some dead piece of equipment. So it let that be a lesson to everybody. But, you know, one thing I was thinking is that... That computer's you, like four or five years old. That's oh, yeah. I mean, pretty good. Well, where, you know, and it's a family computer, too. So it gets family some Family computer, care. I have used... I mean, I have... You know, I, I treat my computers like I treat my car. I bought it to drive it. And I drove mm -hmm. the living shit out of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. so dies, you can't really cry too much because I got my use out of it. Plus, yeah. it was refurb when I got it. So... I mean, I more than got my use out of the computer. It, it's just one of those things of, you know, the biggest thing is... Well, I'm it's, like a, it's like, it's it, it, it's not like a friend dying, but it's like an acquaintance dying. <laughs> or, because, or moving you know, away or something, it's gone, you know. It, I, I can get a new one and I can get everything back, but it's not going to be the same. I mean, I kicked myself for several reasons. For one, yes, those files, you know, certain certain pictures. That this is the nice thing, though. It, you know, I, I always try to look at the bright side with this. Is that you posted a lot of the best I pictures? I posted so there. Yeah, all those pictures, and I was thinking, oh Jesus, what a pain in the nuts it would be to have to go onto Facebook and get all those pictures. But I found out that there's like software you can use to download pictures in mass off of Facebook. So I'll just do that. Oh, okay. Oh, I um, should. I should get that. That sounds handy. But I mean, there's still, there's a lot of pictures that are just now, you know, they're just lost forever because I didn't post them to Facebook and I didn't back them up. You know, mostly, uh, you know, mostly like pictures of my wife or, you know, things like that. Cause you know, I got to prove everything through her that I post and there's a lot of stuff. She's like, nah, you know, that's personal or no, I hate that picture. So, you know, that stuff's just, unfortunately it's gone, but you know, and the other thing that that's really just flat annoying more than anything else is it would be nice to have a screen, you know, a, a snapshot of what did the computer look like before it crashed, you know, so I can remember what are all the programs I had installed and, you well, know, I mean that's that's what you do with an external. You take the external hard drive now and there's software that basically every once in a while you just hit a button and it and it 
does that. It takes a snapshot right. of your computer at that moment. And if you keep doing it when your computer dies, right. you can you can plug that hard drive into another computer and have a virtual copy of the computer before. Uh oh. Oh, there we go. That was a weird little Skype glitch, yeah. It was. It's probably me, because <laughs> I'm enjoying the freedom to actually be able to pace. I, you know, typically, if I'm on the phone, I pace when I talk, which drives my wife nuts. And the simple fact that I'm not chained to the to the desk now for this, I'm, well, I'm, I'm saying pacing with an iPad. You know, that's probably going to be the future of the the podcast. Is they'll be is we'll be walking around with like little um, what do they call lavalier mics. The or the ones that like clip to your, you know, clip to your shirt. Yeah. And they'll just be people pacing around their garage talking. I'd love that, but normally, see, this is the weird thing is you know to to let the listeners you know peek behind the curtain. We're recording in the middle of the day, so you know the wife's at work and you know the kids are at school or running errands or whatever. So I mean, I've literally got the place to myself, so I can do this. But any other time. You know, when I'm recording, it's typically, you know, she's watching TV and the kids are doing whatever the hell they're doing. And it's like I'm closeted in, you know, the, in the Scott cave. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, I could I could roam in there, but I'm not going to roam far with all the shit that's in the way, you know. So <laughs> my yeah, com- you're just going to wear a little circle great. in the carpeting. <laughs> my uh, comic room is just breaking my heart right now because you know what an organization freak I am and at the moment I, I, I can't even walk in there because there's literally just shit everywhere there's like it, it, it looks like you know like the, the post show of like an episode of BattleBots there's like computer shit all over the floor and all over my comics are all disorganized because I've just been digging through things and uh, it sucks <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is i know pretty much what i want as far as a computer now it just becomes a matter of Fine, you know yeah, dollars and cents right price yeah yeah but thanks to um you know so many people you know that have been helping me out uh i, I almost hesitate to, to name anybody because I, I i know i'm gonna forget well i mean off the top of my head the only one i can really think of is scott rifen's really been chir- you know chirping up to you know, let me know, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, yeah. modern computers. There's so been a little, there's been is, a little school for computers. And I feel like I, I should know this shit, but the technology moves so fast and I haven't needed a new computer in like, you know, three, four years. So I just haven't kept up. So the whole, the whole concept like now of having space to like give yourself more Ram. Right. Is almost by the time you'll start feeling that you need that extra RAM. It's usually going to be about time to get a new computer anyway. You know, that's usually the time, like, your hard drive is going to be failing and and all that. So, you know, nowadays it's almost best to just get the computer that you want and you need right. nice and fast and, and then do just what you did with the last one, drive the hell out of it. <laughs> well, you drive know, it, use it. Work it. Scott had a great um, Scott had a great piece of uh, advice for me, which was one of the things that's been really frustrating the hell out of me is everything I look at. If it is expandable, it's expandable in the slots that the computer already comes with, but it mm. doesn't have additional slots, which is what I, I, I just prefer computers that are like that—that that they have the additional slots. And one of the reasons I prefer them that way is that. 
I have so many RAM sticks already. And then, you know, he was the one that pointed out, well, you know, you can't just go plugging those in there, which I know that, but I guess I didn't really stop to think about it. Like, you know what? I bet you I don't have any that work. You know, I, I was thinking that I probably have, you know, one or, or two probably that would work. So, they're probably so outdated now that they would right. like slow things down. Right. Well, you can't mix and match with those either. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't even sure, could you mix and match with, say you got the right kind of RAM, but two different quantities, like one's, I don't know, like a four and one's an eight, for example. Could you do that? That doesn't... I think you can do that, but you can't do different types of RAM, which, again, I knew that, but I guess I, did, I just didn't really stop to think about it that of all the sticks I have, I bet you I don't have one that's the current... Right. Uh, you know, whatever it is, DDR3 or whatever the hell it is. And and once he said that, I was like, you know, duh, I didn't even think of that. So, you know, so long as it is upgradable, that's the big thing. And a lot of them are a pain in the ass because they don't tell you in the specs whether they are or not. And if you're at the store and you ask the clerk, there's like a 70% chance that he'll have no idea. Right. But he'll still give you an answer anyway that's probably going to be wrong. Right. I, I've actually, it's funny you say that because I've experienced that very thing. <laughs> and normally I try not to blame the clerks. I mean, I've been there and I know what it's like to work in a job where you're basically you're expected to do your job and and you know in this case sell computers but you're not really given the tools you need right but i'm of the firm opinion that it's okay to tell a, a customer i don't know so long as you're willing to go and research it in the situation i found myself in recently is i was at a store and the sales lady was really nice but I'd ask her a question and I could tell that she was giving me a bullshit answer. I could tell that she didn't know, but she wanted to make the sale so bad that she was just telling, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking, no. Cause I, you know, not to brag, but I think I read people pretty damn good. And in this case, a lot of times when I'll go shopping, especially like for computer stuff, I'll play stupid so that I can mm-hmm. judge what they're telling me. I do mm-hmm. the same thing with cars. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not my dad. My dad knows cars inside and out. But I picked up enough shit through osmosis of him being a mechanic all through my childhood that I can tell when somebody's giving me a load of shit, you know, about about vehicles. And it's the same way with like tech stuff. And I could just tell that she didn't know. And I really would rather she had just told me, dude, I have no fucking idea, you know, but she didn't. She was like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm thinking, no, (laughs) don't tell me. Yes, it can, because what do you think I'm going to do if I get home and I find out it can't? Do you think I'm just going to go, oh, well, no, I'm going to bring that frigging thing back and raise hell, you know? No, you told me it would do this and it doesn't. Take it back. So, but I think what it is, I think a lot of these places, they... Uh, work on a system whether it's commissioned or not I think they get the sale even if the product comes back ah okay you know what I mean yeah so they just shoot a scatter shot out and... yeah or it'll be a matter of if, if they do get dinged on it it'll be dinged like on another pay period or some shit like that right. you know what I mean so it's like well I'll take it this week and you know worry about next week when next week comes if it ever comes you know the ding a lot of times, though, the thing, the psychology behind that is a lot of times people will not go back <laughs> with this stuff because they feel stupid 
and they don't want to go back and admit that right. they're stupid, or or right. they or they're just like, or they don't want to have the confrontation, and they're just like, oh well, you know, I should have known, and and they right. live with it. So they probably get away with it a good amount of the time. I would imagine they probably do. You're absolutely right. And I, I just, you know, I think that's bad. There, there's, you know, like I say, I, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I cut clerks a lot of slack. If you're, if you're genuinely trying you've done to do it. your job, I don't expect that you know everything. But I s- expect sincerity out of you, too. You know, if you're just feeding me a line, then that's going to annoy me. That's going to annoy me more than you not knowing you know, the product in and out. Because a lot of people, I think a lot of people are just rude, you know, customers, I mean, are rude about that. They look at, oh, don't you know your job? Well, it's like, yeah, I do. But if I'm not given the tools I need, you know, I mean, you know, and a lot of these kids are out there working these kind of jobs for minimum wave, wage or, you know, just a little bit more than that. So, I mean, how much are you going to expect? You would have to you know? do the equivalent of send someone to college Exactly. To, to get them to know all the specs and, and keep sending them. the ideas behind all their electronics equipment. No, they and send they send them in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd have to keep up with it. And yeah. basically, you know, yeah. what you have is somebody who's been there amount of time and they're learning. So the longer they've been there, hopefully the more they've memorized and kept up on. But there's only so much, you know. Right. And, I mean, because I've been here, what? I've been here a little over three years now. And prior to that, I was going to college in Georgia for computers. So just in that three or four years, look how fast things have progressed to a point right. where even I don't know right. the and current specs. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, ha- if you were an electronics engineer, right. you could do a great job at that because you would just know the principle how everything works and go, oh, yeah, the t-, you know, you would be like Scotty reading your technical journals. But... Right. You know, nobody with an engineering degree is going to work for the amount that they're going to pay at Best Buy to exactly. sell computers. So exactly. So it is what it is. That's why I like. That's why I like getting my computers over eBay. Although it takes a long. When I do, it takes a long time. Right. Because I got to vet it out and find the places that you see that have sold a lot of computers. But I find a lot of the times you're you're getting it from a shop that. I don't know, it might be good size because they seem to sell a lot of computers, but it's people who are like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to make computers for people who use them, you know, not people who are just sort of like, I need to browse the web and check my emails to see my grandchildren, you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, you see it and when you start, you know, start comparing all the stats, you see, okay, it's, you know, this kind of operating system seems to be what... You know, you, you'll see this is the operating system they're pushing at, at Best Buy. <laughs> and then you go online and it's like, oh, everybody seems to want Windows 7, you know, instead of Windows 8. So I always I always go, you know, I, maybe I should do some more research and try to find a shop like that in town, you know, where where there's, you know, the little old guy with the, with the, the hat, you know, and the, and the little eyepiece. And and uh, soldering iron in his hand, but um, I'm I'm thinking of saving up for another computer as a backup. <laughs> I'm kind of wanting tab tablets are getting cheap now, so I'm starting to think maybe a tablet might be fun to have. I you see I got I I got sold on tablets. I was at work yesterday, and. Uh, 
I, I was washing dishes and the, the kid who is like 22 years old who's cooking is like, brings in his tablet, sets it up. So like there's a little TV screen. He's like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like got Netflix and he pops up uh, the Brave and the Bold. So I was watching episodes of Brave and the Bold through my shift yesterday, which I'd never seen. Which I really enjoy. I wasn't able to really pay attention to them 100%. But uh, I kind of like that show. But I, I was just sort of like, hey, you know, that's kind of awesome that, you know, you could just sort of set up anywhere and watch or listen to whatever you wanted to. Right. And they're now they're cheap to the point of where they're cheaper than iPod touches. So I would strongly encourage you that if you're going to do that, watch the the Paul Dini and Bruce Tim universe stuff. Uh, first, because for one, it's just flat better, but it's also it's cohesive. You know, it lives in a cohesive universe that builds mm-hmm. with itself and everything. You know, I mean, it starts with uh, Batman the animated series, then moves into Superman, and then that's when eventually it would go into the Justice League stuff. But that that stuff is awesome. I and used that- to watch Batman the animated series because it used to be on uh, right. right before I went to work when it was originally on. But, I mean, you will you will find yourself with a lot of those episodes you know you'll you'll remember you'll you'll find an identifier like okay this is like coming from the era of comics that i remember yeah well i was watching these and i was just like these are good light airy superhero stories for kids you know right they're based the, the guy who is watching it has a kid at home and he you know this is what he watches with his kids and uh and i was looking at him going you know maybe these characters don't live in the comics anymore maybe they don't live in the movies maybe they're living in the cartoons these days Mm -hmm. maybe that that's the place to to catch that you know they weren't necessarily like the comics i remember but there was a spirit of that you know there was a spirit of not taking itself too seriously right having fun with it there was one of the brave and the bold ones that was uh all musical and uh boy that was the episode where i stopped watching well i just noticed they they particularly went out of their way to make a lot of in jokes to the 60s batman to the adam west batman there was like one song where they mentioned the batusi and bat shark repellent was in one of the lyrics and I was like, they're, they're having fun with it, you know. They're they're experiment. I think they were probably copying at that time. A lot of shows were doing musical episodes, but it was good to see it in just sort of a format where they feel comfortable. Just like, okay, let's toss out the format and have it be a musical this time, and come up with a flimsy excuse, you know, to 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 why it's like that. Right. But uh. I don't know. It just sort it just sort of sold it just sort of sold me on the idea of tablets because it's like I I'm not gonna sit down and watch the Brave and the Bold, you know. To be honest with you, like at my computer at home because when I'm at home on my computer, there's too much other shit to do homework wise, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, something that I can set up at work like that while that's going on, all of a sudden, you know. All of a sudden, I can listen to podcasts at work now, you know, right? Or, or watch, or you know, I'm gonna end up watching a lot of DC animated stuff 
just because a lot of my coworkers are really into it. So that that's what they'll be having on their their things. Well, you know, you and I had talked a while ago about doing some episodes or maybe even doing a, a series of its own about some of the animated movies and stuff. I still think we should do that. Uh-huh. Because I, I think it would be a lot of fun to do it from an angle of, you know, somebody who's who's been there and, and you know, been a fan and, and, you know, lived through it, so to speak, and all that as they were coming out. And then you as, you know, the one coming in and discovering it with fresh eyes for the first time. I think that could be a lot of fun. Well, it's 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 funny. I just burned off three three discs of um, I was I was there and they were all watching, you know, two of them came in with Batman T-shirts on. And they, you know, they all watch the. They're all into Batman. Watch all the animated stuff, and I'm like, so what do you guys think of uh, Mask of the Phantasm? And they were just like, what? I've never heard of that. And I, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then later on that day, just at, at some point, I said, I I, I threw out the true bubblegum and kick ass all out of bubblegum line. And one kid, la- and like everybody gives me like the you know sideways dog look, except for one kid who goes, "Oh, Duke Nukem." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Have any of you guys seen They Live?" And they're like, "What's that?" So I burned off a disc with They Live and Were they all like the Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see that? It, yeah, now you're now you're living my life because like this is what my classes sound like. They're all they're all just babies and they don't they don't get half the references i try to make yep yep and uh so i burned them all off discs of i'm like i'm going home tonight and getting you these movies you have to you don't know what you're depriving yourself of (laughs) especially since they're big batman fans oh they're gonna oh they're gonna love that shit man it's only the best batman movie there's been that's what i was trying to tell them that's what I've been trying to tell them, but they don't listen to me. <laughs> they never listen to me. Well, hey, before we move too far from the computer talk, I, I just wanted to uh, give a quick shout-out to my buddy uh, Tim Elliott because uh, Tim uh, put a tip in the tip jar, and man, do I appreciate you know, specifically for my computer problems, and uh, I just want to say I really, really appreciate it because I, I can use any little, any little bit at this point. helps out a lot because... Uh, you know, I mean, it's like having car problems. You know, you're just, you know, you you can be as prepared as you think you are, but when they happen, it's like, ah, shit. You know, you're never really that prepared. So I had this thought. I was like, thank God it happened like around tax return time. <laughs> no, that that was already spent. It's already done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I got I got a wife and kids, dude. That that shit was already accounted for. As a matter of fact, I, I think. I could be wrong, but I think uh, my wife said that uh, we ended up owing this year, I do believe. And I don't know how the hell that works, but I think we did this year. Because, you know, here in this state, it works a little bit differently because, you know, you're not taxed to death like every other state. But one way or the other, you know, Uncle Sam still ends up getting hits in the long run, you know. It still gets extracted. Yeah. Yep. You never get away scot-free, so to speak. Oh, so to speak. Oh, you beat me to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh shit i just i just like the free-flowing nature of this you know because i i have i think i told you this a while ago i've been so envious of scott rife and in the gang over on his show for yes. so long that 
You know, I, I kind of missed it because that was like the earliest days of Two True Freaks. We were like that, you know, where it was just sit down and just shoot the shit, you know. What have and we become? Huh? What What have we become? What's <laughs> happened? <laughs> exactly. What happened to us? But no, I, I, I like that. I like I, that. We became so structured that we haven't really had a place to just do that for a while. So I think that's cool. Well, Scott Reifen sat in and... Uh, Star Trek Monthly Monday, and I remember we were talking about. I was well, I was talking about basically how much I envied their, you know, their format because it's just perfect. It's just perfect. There's, well, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm, there's amount of editing, but at the right. same time, you sit down, your recorder, you eat food, and you hang out with your friends like in real life, mm-hmm. and that's and that's sort of like. Uh, the the sort of running theme in Two True Freaks is it's usually when you have more than one person talking, it's um, they're talking about the material in the context of their lives rather than like here's all the stats. Not that we don't do that, but right. when we usually have just one person talking, it's usually about something that they're very passionate about. That's you know, and how it relates to their life and is like a big part of their life. Right. So I, th- you know, they just have the perfect venue to do that on, on dinner for geeks. And, right. and plus you get to see your friends face to face and eat horribly unhealthy food, which is great fun. <laughs> no vegetable matter on it of any kind. <laughs> We have a special guest in studio, so to speak. Want to say hi to your Uncle Chris? Hey, Uncle Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. How you doing? Well, <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> doing weird as usual. Scotty just came back from his appointment, so you are you are on the air. Yay. <laughs> Ah, so what are we going to talk about That's anyway? Funny. I've been up to all sorts of. Things. I know you were you were giving me a list of like all the things you've been into that you wanted to talk about. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't done any of that. Dude, so. I saw the Lego Movie. I saw the RoboCop remake. I didn't pay for either of them, mind you. But oh, okay, yeah. I won't go into that any further. <laughs> well, uh, I've been I've been wanting to take the boys and go see that Lego Movie. Cause oh, it's good. It kind of snuck up on us because all of a sudden there was like these commercials on TV. I'm like, hey, that actually looks pretty cool. So. It is. I, I was sort of lukewarm on it because I thought it would just sort of be an extended version of like cutscenes from the video games. Right. But it's a smart movie. It's not, you know, it's not a masterpiece of cinema. Right. But it's very smart and it's it's fast and funny and the and you know, it doesn't it doesn't talk down to the the view it gives something for everybody. It's just great. Two or three just really good, li- and it's got, you know, the the cameos are unbelievable. I don't think he's seen it yet. Scotty's wondering if it's like Wreck-It Ralph, but you still haven't seen that yet. I haven't have seen you? Wreck-It Ralph. It's, it's a parody, uh, uh, as much as I'll, I'll say about it. I mean, I don't, I, I don't even want to give away, like, all the characters that show up, although I'll, probably everybody's already heard about, you know, most of who shows up. But... It's like a parody of all the movies where there's a character who's the chosen one. 
Right. And it's just a sort of rip on the whole chosen one premise of of movies, you know, and you know, the one person who's going to bring order and all that and Balance uh to the force. Huh? Balance to the force. Yeah, and it it what what's really funny is it's one bit you know, I mean no matter what the movie's about, it's one big toy ad. The whole movie from beginning it to end, which automatically sort of turns me off to be like, although not that good stuff hasn't come out of like product stuff, but it's kind of anti-commercialism in the in the movie. So it's it's weird. It's That's so funny. it's it's poking fun it's poking fun at itself, and hmm. and it takes a little twist at the end that's that's I thought was great. Hmm. Dude, you have got to see Wreck-It Ralph. You will love that movie. It is made for our generation. You will totally love that movie. And I've, I've been wanting to do a, uh, a commentary for it, so you need to see that, because I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll love it. And if you do, then I want to do a commentary for it. But uh, I'll just say that I don't want to spoil any part of it for you, but I'll just say this. Dude, that is totally the movie that Tron Legacy should have been and wasn't. So take it that way. Oh. You'll like it. Oh. I can I can virtually guarantee that you will like it and probably even love it because I thought it was great and I've seen it. I, I've watched it like a dozen times now. I love it. So have you seen the the Guardians? Yes, trailer? dude. I am so psyched for this movie. I am so excited for it. So excited for it. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be awesome. I I don't want to get like I'm I'm thinking it's good from the trailer. This is see. Here's the thing that's got me excited. Fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's that's Boy, it's just, it. there's, it's, yeah. There's an element of playfulness and imagination to it. From what little that I've, it's not even from what I've seen of it. You know, there's the whole concept of Rocket Raccoon being in a movie that's just mind blowing in itself. That okay. is a, a, but um, it. Whether the movie's good or bad, all the lead up that they've done to this movie for this movie has communicated to me that this is going to be fun. That that that, and the way that they've approached it, I know I've said this before, is I think they just know they got something good on their hands because it's exactly. not an obvious. It's not even not obvious is not even a good description of it. It's just out of left field that it's like, hey, let's put the money out to do this you know and i think this was the one that i mean just by the the nature of the trailer and have you seen the poster that they released no the poster's awesome it's just you know it's this shot of the of all the characters and it says something like from the i don't know if it's a studio or producers or whatever but it says basically from the whatever that brought you you know iron man thor captain america the avengers it says Guardians of the Galaxy, and then down at the bottom it gives the date, and it says "You're welcome," which is very, you know, kind of smartass. So I think I, I'm getting very much the vibe that, okay, we know what we have, we know we're good at doing what we're doing. Here's a nice Star Trek four esque romp to just have fun, to yeah. just make a fun comic book movie 
that doesn't well, have to be the Avengers. It doesn't have to be deadly serious or whatever. We're no. just going to have a blast. But at the same like, time, they... this is the kind of comic book movie I've been saying all along that they should be making. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. At the same time, they can help the whole phase three of Marvel by mm-hmm. expanding into the more cosmic end of it. Exactly. Without making it portentous and, you know, and you know, heavy. Exactly. One thing, this is definitely is not going to be a heavy movie. If it is, it's been very poorly marketed. See, I'm really excited about this because I, I think this, this kind of fulfills the promise of, and this is going to seem like a strange thing to say, but kind of the promise of uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, which I still maintain was not a bad movie, but it's like it pulled itself back at the last moment. You know what I mean? Instead of fully, fully committing to its, its material, it it just kind of said, well, we're going to open up the cosmic thing and we're going to have the, you know, the silver guy on a flying surfboard and we're going to have all this great stuff, but uh, you know, big giant guys, a little too much to ask for. Yeah. That's a bridge too far. And it's like, no, damn it. Either commit or don't. And that's what I love about this Guardians thing is it looks like it's it's fully committing. I mean, yeah, like you said, talking raccoon, dude, that's pretty committed right there. Yeah, that's big old that's a big old leap of faith to take. And people are picking I, up on it. The meme of the moment is that whole like, oh, you know, DC says the world's not ready for a Wonder Woman movie. Marvel says here's a raccoon with a machine gun. Yeah, I repeated that today myself. As a matter of fact, you know, shared it. But yeah, I mean, absolutely true because that's, it, that's a huge leap to take, and I'm hoping that you know, qu- even quality of the movie aside, I'm hoping that that leap of faith pays off in a huge way for them because again, you know, I, I want this to be a an Avengers level hit to just prove the point that look, you can make this kind of movie. This is the way these things to a certain degree, should be done. You don't have to have every one of them be some dark, dour, depressing, you know, serious movie like, you know, like what DC's been doing, you know? You don't have to cater to people that know nothing about what you're making a movie about to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, I think the people that they're catering for don't necessarily even exist. There There are people that exist like that, but I think most people, if you, if you, and the the word that i of the for me lately is imagination if you have the imagination to figure out how to tell that story and entertain people with it and make it great mm-hmm. then you can pull off almost anything there's been so many things that were huge hits that if you put a, a synopsis of it down on paper and you would think how the hell did anybody sell this to anyone in, oh yeah. In the first place and and those usually end up being the big trendsetter, you know, from Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. being big trendsetter movies. So and nobody ever seems to pick up on that. And well, you know, maybe they do p- know that that's how it works. But it usually has something those movies usually have that extra imagination and they commit to their their thing and they do it and they put everything put everything into it and it shows in the final product instead of just being like you know more cynically hollywood you know where you you just sort of say well if you throw in enough explosions and the fanboys want to see this 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 you put it in we're gonna make money you know and if people are unhappy 
then that just generates argument on the internet, which generates buzz, which any kind of publicity is good publicity. Right. And and then you end up with, you don't have to set a high standard. So, I don't know. It just seems like Marvel is throwing stuff in in DC's face, <laughs> almost, you know? Yeah. And no, saying, I don't think it's almost at all. I think well, it's very purposefully done that way. Well, right on the heels of that. Marvel is very good at listening to the fans and, and gleaning the message you know what what is being said here about these films what what are the fans responding to what do they like and what don't they like and i think that marvel now i'm talking marvel studios the film division right, marvel right. Comics division at the moment is a completely different story because it's being run by an idiot but um you know the other side of it with marvel studios i think at the moment i think they have got their finger on the fan pulse man i think they they know exactly oh no doubt you know and and that's what they're delivering and i love it because and there's there's over a billion dollars to prove it yeah in their bank account you know i mean by delivering to the fans what the fans want that filters down to to, i mean it seems to me that somebody finally got the memo that, gee, you know, these properties have existed for, you know, five decades in some cases. There's got to be a magic formula there somewhere. So why don't you just adapt that, you know? And I think that they finally figured that out, where DC doesn't have enough faith in its own product, some of which have been around for 75 years. They both figured out how to bring, they both figured, they both brought their stuff up to date in a different manner and DC's brought it up in a very self-serious manner and maybe that got maybe they got cowardly after Green Lantern did so poorly because Green Lantern had a lighter tone to it you know it definitely had an Iron Man you know an attempted Iron Man feel to it and then it didn't do well I think there's a huge difference between self-serious and embarrassed are embarrassed by mm-hmm. and in certain instances well, the they're self-serious because they're embarrassed tells me that they're looking at their character and going ooh, you know like ooh, yeah can we sell that that's kind of stupid that's kind of silly and it's like really this is your dude you know well, here's the thing this is your big gun this is the big gun in your arsenal and you're treating him like a joke you well, know you can or, make the judgment they can make the judgment on silly or not and it's silly it may be but you know what if if it's imaginatively done and it and it reaches out and touches something to people silly is fine people don't mind silly we've had enough silly celebrities and silly tv shows that people love you know silly songs music there's so many silly doofy songs that everybody loves for their entire life so and and that even might communicate a good message or what or whatever or touch a deeper nerve than just like make you chuckle or whatever right but yeah, silliness cheesiness you know all those things have a bad connotation to them but you know i've found as i get older i've just noticed that if something comes from that place of commitment that place of uh where somebody earnestly means it 
whether whether it's silly, corny is another word that that comes up a lot. That that it's like right. that you want to avoid at all costs. Yet some of the greatest movies of all time in any genre are corny as hell. Dude, and the it's last the corny time... parts that make people ball their eyes out at the end of the movie. Yep. The last time I sat and watched Superman the movie when my wife was actually in the room. I mean, I've since watched it many times since then, but the last time we actually watched it together and it got to the very end of the movie and there's a scene where, you know, Superman hands over Luthor and, and Otis to, you know, to the guards and everything and he's starting to leave and the and the warden just says, you know, this country is safe again, safe again Superman, thanks to you. And Superman says... No, sir, don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. Good night. And he flies away. And my wife just looks at me and rolls around. She's like, oh, my God, that is so corny. I you're said, like, you're like, exactly. yes, it is. And I love it because it is. Exactly. It doesn't shy away from it. It embraces that it's a big old cornball type of thing to say here's, because that's my guy. You know, here, here's the thing. In, 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 in reality, in reality and in modern times, and probably even in the times of when Superman was conceived. If somebody was saying something like that, there would be a layer of irony or sarcasm to what they were saying or something, or they'd be saying it just to be a smartass or something. Right. But when it but it, when it came out of Superman's mouth, no, he meant it. He's just like, hey, dude, yep. we're, we're just, we're both law enforcement. Good day. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. And... And that's an honest, you know, that's an honest emotion. Now, the thing about it is, that's really hard to sell. You gotta, you, you have your, you have your, every once in a while, you have your Christopher Reeve, who's who can sell it, you know, who embodies it. Right. And, and uh, so, you know, making a movie that's fun and, and intelligent, it has a, good story that's not too complicated but isn't you know doesn't have to totally match up but isn't just full of ridiculous holes and and touches people or takes them to a place where they've never been and they like to be in that getting that mixture just right you can sit there and try to figure out and throw in those elements and you see people try to do it all the time but when the chemistry is you have to get that chemistry just right and you know, I, I I I don't worry about Marvel, but I know eventually the the chemistry can't go on forever. Eventually it's gonna have to get tired and they're gonna have to figure out something else. But right now we're at this great moment where we just need to savor the fact that Marvel Studio is in its full capacity and and pumping out stuff at its prime, you know. Right. We're in we're we're in a nice little golden age for superhero movies, at least on the on the Marvel side. And even even with the existence of that, um, that's still that's still going to help even the DC side just by generally bringing up interest in comics and genre movies. So it's it's nice. Another thing I before I forget this before it dribbles out of my head. I was thinking if Guardians of the Galaxy becomes really successful, one of the great side effects of it will it be will probably um, build people's interest in Bill Mantlo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his plight. 
So, you know, I don't think, you know, I know he's not going to get any money from it, you know, but he might get, you know, p- reporters will start paying attention to who's, oh, you know, now that there's a million Rocket Raccoon t-shirts out there, who's the guy who created this character? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that would be really nice, too. That would be, because, yeah, that, that, you know, he could really use it. Yeah. Talk about, you know, somebody that, yeah, could really use a hand, you know. Even if he doesn't get money from it, for him to see people wearing Rocket Raccoon t-shirts would probably feel really good. Right. So... I'm yeah. I mean, I I can't I can't tell you how excited. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to, I don't know what the word would be, not dampen it, but I mean, I'm trying to be realistic and not be overly excited because you know the last thing I want to do is set myself up for a big old fall. Yeah. But I I do have you know real faith with this one. I I you know because one of the things that really helps me feel that I, I think this is going to be huge is the fact of, you know, looking at my own example, you know, a guy that, you know, just a couple of years ago could have gave a crap less about, you know, the whole Marvel cosmic thing. But because of the announcement of this movie coming along, I was like, well, I guess I got to get up to speed on that. So I did and found that it was awesome and easily accessible. You didn't have to know a ton of stuff about this going in. So the cool thing about this is, you know, granted the Guardians of the Galaxy in name, you know, has been around in one incarnation or another for decades. But, you know, to the average man on the street, this is going to seem like it came completely out of left field. Mm -hmm. And in that aspect, I think it owes back to some of the, you know, classic and I say classic in in quotes, but, you know, the classic sci-fi movies of like our youth. That did come completely out of left field. You know, Robocop and some of these other films that we hold up as, wow, that was awesome. And you went into those movies blind. You didn't know what the mm-hmm. story was going to be or if it was based on anything. Most of them weren't. Most of them were created out of whole cloth. I remember walking into Big Trouble in Little China knowing absolutely nothing Mm-hmm. about it nothing about what the story was all of that i knew was it was directed by john carpenter and i was like well it's got to be something interesting right you know and and uh yeah and that's people but i i you know properties established properties i don't know how the robocop movie did but in general the remakes seem to they make money you know, right? They don't burn the box office up and people forget about them in a few months, but they make money. You know, their their business business grinds on. You know, and then and the film companies hope for a, a blockbuster. Everybody who worked on the movies got paid. You know, and all the executives got paid back and and all that. So it almost it's. It's it, it's just it's too lucrative, I think, for them to. Uh, it's not lucrative enough for them to like put huge amounts of money into, for the most part. Right. But just to keep them out on a sort of medium level, because I, 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 I had to watch the RoboCop movie just out of curiosity, and I gotta say, it's not a bad movie. It's actually a good movie as a movie. The director understood what made the original RoboCop tick. And it's got, but it's still got the annoying, you know, that they had to slip, I'll buy that for a dollar in there. 
and they had to slip the whole like sort of pissing on the original franchise by having one you know a guy showing different designs for the robocop suit and going to the original design and the the you know the um executive poo-pooing it and being just like no that's lame we need something in black you know Hmm. and did peter weller have a cameo not that i know of oh the guy who played robocop was sort of doing a stallone a little bit when he (laughs) talked tough but he was a sympathetic he was a good actor he was sympathetic They, they they sort of like they got a foreign director to direct it who was who had a reputation for being a good action director with with intelligence and he it is it's it's not a dumb movie it makes comments on sort of comments on drone warfare and stuff like that but it does it in the robocop manner of like here's the future it's established it doesn't have the commercials and stuff like that um it has one one little thing in it that i thought that i didn't think of till after i'd watched the movie but i thought was a nice touch was when he you know he wakes up and and achieves consciousness he escapes the facility and goes running outside and he's in china he's in a rice paddy with people working and he just collapses because they sort of shut him down and uh so i was like oh wow the original robocop made in detroit (laughs) this robocop (laughs) made in china and i thought that was kind of witty i'm sure they they meant i'm i'm sure they meant i meant to do that but uh but at the same time compared to the to to the real robocop come on you know that movie is so busting full of life and energy and imagination and originality that you can't you know because a you're never going to get the originality you can have some original moments but the concept itself is not original so it's it's not a pay at the movie theater thing. I like the filmmaker and stuff, and they did a good effort, but it's still, it shouldn't be rewarded. That's my judgment. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I would compare it to the Dread movie on, like, level of filmmaking. Like, wow, this is a good action movie. There's one great action sequence in it. No gore, though. What's up with that? No boobies. What's up with that? In my Robocop. You know, I want to see about 800,000 blood squibs (laughs) going off for bullet wounds, you know. Oh, to the the Marvel DC thing, too. Did you see that they just announced that uh, it's going to be a Black Widow movie, it looks like? I I saw something about it, but I didn't know. I mean, there's so much, like, false stuff going around out there right now that I, I wasn't really sure if that was really true or not. Like, so is that really happening then? Well, it sounded somebody said that some guy got on his Twitter and said, "Well, there's there haven't been a, you know, it's just a rumor because this and this happened." Someone who was fairly close to that world, right? And then they went and they took down all their tweets, hmm. which could mean the the company was just like, "Hey, you know, yeah, that's what it so, sort of Shit says." Shit about it, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. So. Just by the way, generally information has been leaked out. When they announce something's going to happen, I tend to believe it because it seems to come true. And when they announce casting, that's when I don't believe it. 
because there seems now, to be about five or six fake casting right. stories for every movie that comes out. So when now, when they say a movie's coming out, I tend to be like, hmm, okay. Right. We're we're in phase one of the viral promotion of this movie, you know. Right. Now, accepting the fact that you know guys like to look at her ass, do you think that she can carry a, a black mm-hmm. widow movie? I mean, is that sure? Oh, I think she totally could. There's definitely, I mean, she's a good character, but I, she's never been like one of my favorite characters. Right. But I really like her character as portrayed in the movies, especially as the, the there's always been enough. Of, she's for one. Scarlett Johansson's a good actor, actress. She is, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm not trying to. Let me put it this way: I like the Black Widow character in you know the the film universe, um, but I like her. I think mostly because I really enjoyed the way that she played off of Tony in Iron Man Two, and I really like the way she plays off of him. Cap and Hawkeye in the Avengers. Yeah, and I get yeah. her feeling that I'm really going to enjoy the way she plays off of Cap again in Cap Two when that comes out. Well, so I, I've liked her more and more as I've seen her character more and more. Right. That's been my experience. So I'm thinking, yeah. Well, see, the original rumor that I had heard was that there was going to be. You know, because right after the Avengers, I mean, look at all the rumors that were a swirl that, you know, there was going to be a Ruffalo Hulk movie and all this other stuff. But one of the big rumors that seemed like it was gaining some real traction was that there would be a Black Widow and Hawkeye movie. Now, that I'd be really excited about. But just her on her own makes me a little bit nervous that not so much would it be any good, but would I care? You know I what think, I mean? Well, that's where imagination and... <laughs> That's where they have to they have to get over that that hurdle with right. it. And and I'd actually I'd rather see it be solo, maybe with an appearance of Hawkeye, maybe. But um, sort of going on the I I don't know if you've seen the have you seen the Wolverine? The, I have not. The solo one, it's that's sort of the idea of I, I, that's what I would be sort of more inclined to at least part of the concept of the Wolverine which was sort of where you take a character from the X-Men it's Wolverine right? and you put him in a more gritty it was until the end when other mutants start showing up and it becomes a mahaha my evil machine and all you know and my mutant army and right. that, that type of you know the, the, the special effects things flying out of people's eyes and hands before that, it's a crime drama, and the only fantastical element to it really is that here's a guy with, you know, who can regenerate himself with adamantium claws. So, but it's basically a story, you know, of deception and romance and, you know, digging to the truth, sort of like Chinatown or something like that set okay. in, in Japan. So it's got kind of a little martial arts element to it, too. What and, if that's on Netflix? Because see, you just shamed me because I have completely forgotten about that movie. Because I didn't—I'll I'll be honest with you—I didn't care enough about it to go see it when it was out theatrically. But I'd—I'd I'd still like to see it. You know, it was one of those when it was out at the theater. I was like, "Yeah, that's a Netflix for me." You know, it was fun, and I've heard actually that there's a there's a, a R-rated edit of it. 
hmm. out that they, they released like the unedited version of it that's a little more has a little because there were parts where I could have used more more right. action scenes fight scenes but in the in the long run I wish it would have maintained its sort of moody crime noir you know film noir sort of feel that it that it has you know through the first three quarters of the movie right uh, but i could see them taking the black widow and putting her it she's sort of a more martial arts up version of james bond and right. putting her into a, a a sort of james bond situation where she's either separated from or just on her own mission or, you know, it'll probably be some sort of intrigue that has some, you know, meaning in her life. You know, you know, her ex-boyfriend is the, is the bad guy or something, something like that. There's some connection to her to put some drama into it. But if you keep it moving, plus Scarlett Johansson's hot, you know, not hot, like she's hot, but she's, she, that that movie, that Spike Jones movie, her is. You mean huge. a hot property? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she's getting a lot of good buzz from like her, right? And she, so you know the the studios might be thinking of that too. It's like why not jump on a Black Widow movie while Scarlett Johansson's, you know, having right. a little peak here in her popularity, right? So all that, I I mean I think it could totally work, and I also think. I also have faith that Marvel is studios are aware of what the hurdles are to make the movie into something that people they 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 use actually what you said to their advantage. They go, "Oh, okay. You know, I can see how you wouldn't think this would be very interesting. So we're going to do some, you know, we're going to put some extra time and effort into it." That's Iron Man to me, you know. I had really very little interest in um, the first Iron Man movie. I wasn't even. I, I wasn't really a fan of Robert Downey Jr. I, no. I, I honestly doubted that I could separate the fact that he was a famous actor, for, you know, from that. And I, I didn't. I really didn't plan to see the movie until a friend was like, "No, really, you got to see it." Blah, blah blah. So I went and saw it, and boom! In, you know, went in there just sitting there, going, "Oh, we'll see." You know, expecting a medium grade summer blockbuster movie or or whatever and all of a sudden i was like hey no this has personality you know and it's taking not huge risks but little risks here and there you know right and how it presents it but the fact that it doesn't take itself a hundred percent seriously makes those risks fly and and that and it sucked me into the marvel universe and i don't think i was unusual at all i think that that it did that with a lot of people no, I, you know, I, I'll argue a little bit that it didn't take some big risks because I, I rewatched it recently, the, the very first one. And rewatching it, it, it kind of struck me that I wonder if I've said enough loving things o- about it over the years because I, I think I kind of garnered a reputation that, like, I didn't like it or something. I did. Mm-hmm. It's just, to me, that was like, that was your base and right. everything else built from it. And I think that. On the whole, everything we've gotten since that one has been better. So I never, like, was down on the first one. I just like what's come since 
that much better. But going back and watching that first one again, I was re-impressed by the fact that I think they did take some really big gambles. And the one that I think that was huge for that movie that they took and they fully embraced and they ran with it that is an inherently ridiculous comic book moment that just worked so well for that was the original gray clunky armor yes they embraced it and they made that shit work it shouldn't have it should have come off as oh look at this this is really ridiculous but they they sell it and we all bought it and just loved it it makes perfect sense yeah and and i thought that was awesome but if somebody had told me you know, hey, one day there's going to be this Iron Man movie, and it's going to have Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, and they're going to have the classic gray or you know classic silver Iron Man, and it's going to be so. I would be like, that sounds like it sucks. What are they thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And it totally. I remember sitting in the theater watching that, thinking, oh my god, they're totally pulling this off. I am totally digging this flick. And I shouldn't have for a I lot saw, of reasons. That was one of the reasons I, I wasn't going to see it, too, is I saw the picture of the gray armor, and I was just like, oh, God. It's yeah. not plausible these days, you know? Right. Is, <laughs> if it's a period yeah. piece, okay, you know? Right. Exactly, but they did. They made it plausible. I liked that they didn't shy away from that either because, you know, there have been other retellings and reinterpretations of that classic origin, and I don't think... See, now I'm talking out of my ass. I could be wrong. (laughs) There was an animated movie not long before the Robert Downey Jr. movie that I think retold the origin, but if I'm not mistaken, I I think they didn't have him in the clunky armor. But I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. It wasn't very good, so maybe it's a poor example, but... Well, the thing about it is, is they got the clunky armor in there, but it wasn't just in there a la, you know, new track to go like, here... (laughs) <laughs> you right. guys recognize this, right? It's the old clunky armor. There it is. You like it? Look, it's right. around. You know, there, there you are. You saw it. It was integrated into the story. It made sense. Exactly. And if there was, and and if if you didn't know anything about the clunky armor, it wasn't good. You weren't going to be going like, "What's up with this stupid shit?" You right. Know? It's <laughs> just like it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, this is his cobbled together thing he made, and. Yeah, that's the brilliance of it. You know, yeah. so, somebody was really—they th- were anticipating a lot of the things that people were gonna pick at it about. That's the way you do both an homage to the original and an Easter egg. It, it, you know, and totally sell it and make it work. Is that you don't go out of your way to call attention to it and go, you know, like you said, pointing to it, going, "Hey, hey, hey, look at this, look at this." Oh yeah, you like this, right? Yeah, no, you don't. I'll need buy that, that for a dollar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna ask you uh, what you thought about the uh, the X Men movie coming up, the because you brought up Wolverine, it got me thinking about the Days of Future Past. Well, I gotta say, I. I Days of Future Past, I love that movie. And that's another one. Holes in it, holes in the story, whatever. I think over time it's going to look, the style of it will be a little little broken up and, and weird. But I just love the feel for it. The um, drama parts of it were intense and up there with any you know quality drama movie. So I'm really looking forward to this about? one. I'm talking about the one that's coming up, the Days right. of the Past movie. Right, right. And and this one, 
It hasn't come out yet. No, no. This one, the the, the I'm talking about the the um the last one with um oh first class first class when that came out right so i loved it so i i'm thinking this has had the feel in the description of what the story is and how they're approaching it that it's going to be a lot like that and uh when i saw and so i was getting really excited when i saw the trailer it it didn't turn me off a little bit, but there wasn't much that I could tell from the trailer right. about it. It was just clips of short action scenes, and there wasn't anything that made me go, ooh, visually. Right. But in concept, I'm really kind of excited about it because I think First Class, I think first class was sort of similar to um, you know, Iron Man in a way. To where they went oh okay it seemed like something had clicked in the x-men formula i've only seen the first two x-men movies i haven't seen the third one and i think i've seen all the wolverine and the other ancillary which i think are all wolverine movies yeah there's been there's been four x-men's is it two Wolverine? It seems like there's been three but i guess four, there's four. just been two wolverine movies yeah. right yeah so it was wolverine origins I mean, uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and then there was uh, the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So, so just the two? That's weird, because so. for some reason it feels like there's been three, but... But... but, uh, but see, before this damn computer problem, I was going to propose the idea, if we had enough, because I hadn't done the math yet, but I was going to propose, if we have enough time before the new movie hits, I was going to propose doing commentaries for the four, you know, proper I'd X-Men. be into that. Because then it would get. I wanted to see the third X Men movie because I liked the first two X Men movies. I, I I didn't go nuts over them, but this I seem to remember the second one having more stuff where I was going. You know, the first one was like, "Here's your origin," and I liked it as such. The second one had some more like, "All right, here's where it gets like the X Men comics where I remember with Wolverine wading into, you know, troops." storming the school you know until first class came out two was the best one and two is still an incredibly good comic book movie yeah I mean, it, it's it's a quintessential x-men story you know it's yeah. it's good it's solid um and then three now this is just my opinion i'll probably take a lot of shit for saying this three i think takes way too much crap it's not as bad as everybody will lead you to believe. It has its problems. It has some serious pacing issues. And the whole thing with uh, with Cyclops and Jean is... It, it bogs the movie down. I, it, it's... See, all the things that people accuse Spider-Man 3 of, the issues they say that they have with that movie, I think do apply to X3. I think that one really does have all the problems people say Spider-Man 3 has. That said, I can still watch and enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I just watched it not long ago because somebody got me the Blu-ray of it for Christmas and I finally dug it out and watched it. And having only... That's the one I've seen the least number of times, so I was having trouble remembering what was the whole story here. I could remember pieces of it. And watching it again, I was like, you know, that that's actually not so bad. I mean, there's there's... I'm like everybody else. I mean, the complaints everybody else has, I pretty much have with it, too. However, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. So it's kind of weird. It's a strange beast, but I get the feeling 
based, and I don't want to spoil anything because you haven't seen it, but based on things that happen in that third movie, I have the feeling that the new movie is going to have to either ignore it or like jump through hoops explain some shit because it otherwise it's not going to sink you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i have a feeling that probably what's going to happen is they're going to end up treating it like the like the battle of the planet of the apes of the series you know what i mean where they just forget that it ever happened kind of thing i i agree with you on that especially after first class i think first class wasn't really a reboot but it was like a soft reset you know? right yeah but i thought like the tone of first class was pitch perfect pitch perfect yeah from See, that's the thing is i i think so too i mean i will go so far as to say that that movie uh first class is easily within my top at this point probably top five possibly even top three of comic book movies because i oh, just oh. loved it i thought it was like you say i thought it was pitch perfect well they were able to put serious serious drama in it you know right. i mean Fastbinder is a great actor he's great yeah he's and, and great as an as a as just a nazi hunter it's it's i was watching it and i'm like am i watching a quentin tarantino movie here or something because this is intense, you know, or a Scorsese movie or something. Right. And, but then when you get to the the X Men, it's not comedy, but it's light. It's got the you yeah, know yeah. their interactions with each other are like in the comic book that I rem- you know from the time period I remember, and it felt right. It it par- there were parts that had a little bit of almost made for TV budgetness to it. Yeah. But I had a feeling that was so they could put all their money into other parts of it. Right. But as a comic book movie, I'm not expecting it to be the Godfather. You know, I'm expecting it to tell a good story and and have it feel like feel like the characters in the world and boy, it did. It felt X-Men it felt it reminded me of reading X-Men comics and any of the drawbacks that were in the movies were also probably pretty much drawbacks of the comics too. Right. Is how accurately they they grabbed the tone. So I'm really hoping that uh, this movie is th- that they learned their lesson from that and said, okay, let's follow that formula. So there'll be parts of it that are very intensely acted. And I mean, I think Hugh Jackman at this point he's played Wolverine and six movies right so he's and he loves being wolverine and he's you know he's still the right age to play wolverine i think that you know he can be the heavy he can carry the heavy acting load in this movie and it's 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 weird because I find myself in a really strange position with this new movie being, you know, coming out. That... Fastbinder in it? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's oh. <laughs> see. I'm super psyched for this movie, but I'm psyched for it as a sequel to or a continuation of First Class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What makes me nervous is that. You know, other than the actors, of course, nobody attached to First Class is attached to the new movie so you've got um 
what's his name? Brian uh, Brian Singer returning to direct, and you've got uh, John Ottman returning to. I presume he'll be editor, and he's going to score it. Now I feel really weird, feeling a little bit like like it's damped my enthusiasm a little bit because, of course, they worked together on X2, which, as I said, next to First Class is the best one, but it has a completely different tone and flavor than First Class. So I'm a little nervous about it because I really loved First Class and I, I want that tone. So you know what I really wish that they had done is like, okay, bring back Singer, hell, even bring back Ottman, and the you know the parts of the film that take place in the future or the present have them do those portions of the film it actually takes place in the older timeline don't let the cat out um let uh the direct you know i can't remember the director's name of first class off the top of my head but let that director direct those portions of the movie and let um his name is also Jack Henry Jackman score that portion. Cause I think one of the reasons that first class works so well for me is I friggin love Henry Jackman's score to that movie. Love it. And, uh, I need to watch it again. Yeah. It's just fan. I mean, especially, you know, the listen to the, there's a couple of music cues to, to listen for when you watch that movie is the first time we see adult Magneto right before he goes to the bank. The music in that portion is just fantastic. And then when he confronts the two guys, or is it three guys? The guys, when he confronts them in the bar in Brazil, that music in that portion is just beautiful. Just beautiful. That scene is just incredible. Oh, yeah. Such a well, I mean, well-directed movie, well put together. Also, the scene when uh, when Magneto turns the satellite dish too is pretty awesome. I always like that part too. And the scene with the bullet. Is... Michael Bailey, I think, is the one that said uh, he could see Fassbender playing a really good Joker based on the face that he makes during that part when he turns the satellite dish. And he's right. Having watched it again recently, I'm like, ooh, you know what? That's a good point. He could be a good Riddler too. Yeah. I could see that. Got a little of that Frank Gorsham look to him. Hell, for that matter, I could see him as uh, as a good. Uh, he might be a little bit. I wonder how old that guy is, because you know, for a long time, they, people were casting around that guy that's on Mad Men. Um, can't think of his name. People were throwing his name around as a really good potential Superman, but then everybody kind of came to the realization he's a little bit too old. But Fastbender may not be. But I could see him as either a really good Superman or, hell, even a really good Lex Luthor. I think he could do pretty much anything he wants. I mean, yeah. I've only seen just a few pictures at this point, but whatever I've seen him in, I really enjoyed it. No. He was creepy as hell in Prometheus. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, just one of my greatest movie-going experiences in the last recent few years was going to see Prometheus and the first half hour of it or the at least about the, the 20 minute sequence of him on the ship before the crew wakes up mm-hmm. was amazing it was like watching a Kubrick movie or something you know right. I was just like ah cinema 
coupled with in- incredible acting. Doesn't that have a sequel coming out pretty soon? I don't know about, about pretty soon, but I know they'd planned on it. It, I mean, it did well. Right. Critically, not so much, but financially, it it, it did well. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I thought that I would enjoy. I loved it. I, I basically watched it out of peer pressure because you kept telling me, you know, I needed to see it, I needed to see it, and I was finally like, all right, damn it, I'll watch it. And I think it suffers a lot of the same, I won't say flaws, but a lot of the same problems I have with, like, say, the original Alien. I think it just moves a little slow. But I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed the original Alien, so... But I, 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 I love it enough that I would watch it again in order to see a sequel. Because I don't remember it all that well, but I remember, you know, I, I was into it. I liked the idea. And, you know, you, you had wrote me in with the idea that it tied into, like, you know, the ancient astronaut thing and all that, so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm always down for that, so... I was intrigued by it. I thought it was interesting. It, you know, there were definitely some big flaws in it. And towards the end, when they tried to tie it into Alien, and and throw some big action special effects in, eh, it didn't really need that. But still, it gave me so much to chew on and had such some just great scenes. You know, well acted and well directed. And oh man, I love that movie. Well, you know, ever since Star Trek went the route that it went, I, I was hmm. kind of, I was kind of looking for something sci-fi to chew on. You know, I'm something that was going to give me some meat. You know, I'm glad you reminded me. Sorry, folks, I'm chewing on Twizzlers. <laughs> I mean, I to tell you. So, um, I just saw this little cartoon on YouTube. I put it up on the Two True Freaks Facebook page, and. Um, and since we're doing these shows so like quickly, somebody could probably catch it up there too. But by, by the time the show comes out, but it was a cartoon about this little kid. Well, it was about a little kid who grew up to be one of the astronauts on the space shuttle who died when the Challenger exploded. Oh wow! And um, when he, he was a little kid down in the rural South in the fifties. He, he decided to just leave when he was like nine years old. He just left the house and uh, walked a mile to the library to go get some books and went and picked out a bunch of books. And when he went to the librarian, she told him, you can't have the books. This white whites only library. You're not allowed to have the books. And he was like, but I want to sign out these books. And she said, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. And he said, OK, I'll just sit here. And the cops came, and she called his mom, and the cops came, and he just uh, uh, and the story is being told by his older brother, and the cops came, and his mom came, and the cops went to the librarian. What's the problem here? And she told him, and they're like, "Why don't you just let him sign out the books?" <laughs> and the mom's like, "Don't worry, he'll take really good care of them." And he signed out the books, and they, you know, he got really interested in astronomy and stuff. And then when he got a little older, he watched a certain TV show called Star Trek. Oh. And uh, basically that was the, you know, and and just like, just as we've talked about a million times, he saw, oh, there's black people on the crew and on the bridge even, you know, of the Enterprise. And then was like, astronomy, he's like, I could be an astronaut. 
and he was an astronaut. Unfortunately, it didn't work out very well as far as that goes, but still, you know, that's why when I saw that little cartoon, I was just like, you know what, man? The the cartoon was put up on one of those, you know, clickbait sites and some sci-fi group that I like put it up. And, the you know, they they publicized it as like, you know, hear the heartwarming response of cops to this mean librarian, you know. And, well, and then I watched it and I'm like, no way, this is a Star Trek story. <laughs> Look how Star so. That just instantly, it, it's inspiring, but at the same time, it instantly pissed me off because I was like, that is why we we need real Star Trek. That's why yep. it is valid to go, no, no, this shit is crap, man. Or this crap is shit. Either yep. way, you want to cut it. Um, you know, people can, can make whatever defense they want to for the for what I call new Trek. That's NU Trek. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you know, they may be big eye candy movies and all that, but that's not going to inspire people to want to actually go into space and be real astronauts, which is something that the the real Star Trek did a lot. I mean, well, here's the thing, and and I and I had this thought earlier, and this isn't saying one is better than the other because I obviously think both are awesome but and new trek everybody's been like oh this is his test reel for star wars star wars inspires people to become filmmakers whereas star trek inspires people to become astronauts you know it's two different things so yeah the new trek is not gonna make some little kid go wow i want to be an astronaut you know and that pisses me off. I agree. We actually have a space program that's being supported because people who watch Star Trek have dedicated their lives to that, and uh, and to turn it into to turn it into light entertainment. Yeah, that's something that's something that I can get pissed off about without being like, oh, you know whatever lighten up you know it's just a movie he's not just a movie so there's my story of how something inspirational pissed me off <laughs> i wonder i wonder if that asked you know uh if he ever got to meet um nichelle nichols because to this day one of my all-time favorite trek related pictures is a picture of may jemison with um with uh you know what now i may be confusing there's a picture i know of whoopi goldberg with nichelle nichols but i think there's also one if i'm not mistaken of may jemison with nichelle nichols now may jemison was an actual astronaut she was the first black female astronaut that we ever had went up on space shuttle missions and stuff and she played a um transporter chief on next gen i forget what episode and, you know, I mean, they didn't make anything big about it you but know, that's in the a big deal. Episode, but you know that in real life, that, that was a big deal. And it was a big deal mm-hmm. for her because yeah. she was a Trek fan inspired by 
uh, Nichelle Nichols. And I just think that that's really cool, you know? And again, yeah, well, here's, I, I don't want to get out of the new version. I don't believe I don't want to speak for her, but I'll bet you the thrill of her life was being on Star Trek. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> probably a bigger thrill than being an astronaut, <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> and that's just insanely important, you know? And, and the thing about it is, yes, Gene Roddenberry did make Star Trek as a, a way to make money. He liked to make money. But he was, he was decent enough to throw in subtext to it, you know, to throw in ideas attached to it because it's science fiction. Science fiction is about ideas. And it's about visualizing the future. And he actually came upon a vision of the future that for whatever, you know, cheesiness or inaccuracies or, or whatever inspires people. It clicks in the human mind and makes it curious about space and space travel and makes space travel seem like something not only plausible, but something that you would want to do, you know? that you would want to get into a spaceship and fly off into space. It's just like the people who are like, I don't know, there's people who are saying they would, you know, fly off to live on Mars, you know, and it would be a one-way trip. They're, You know, they're crazy. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Even if I died halfway there, you know, I'd be, I'd have half a trip on a spaceship going, I'm in a spaceship going to Mars. Right. And, you know, with my all my nerd glands firing beyond <laughs> all their capacity. Well, as I've said before, I just I think it's important because it, I think it gave people hope, you know, that yeah. the future was going to be a good place. It, everything was going to be OK. And I think more than ever, we need that message. You know, I, I just I don't think that there's anything or that there's much, rather, that's really left in the world anymore that is sending that specific message. That, no, 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 we're going to be all right. We're going to work out our problems, and we're going to be okay. Yeah. And the future's going to be an okay place. The future is someplace... If if the future is not someplace that you want to live in, then you're not going to prepare for the future in the present, you know? If you're not looking forward to being in the future, why build a good future, you know? So I think something that actually makes you feel hopeful for the future without being and star trek wasn't you know la di da head in the clouds about it you know there were you know you'd hear plenty of stories about um thing you know things that went horribly wrong for mankind in between but it it yeah it told you this is what mankind was meant to do is is fly the coop at some point you know and and see the universe and communicate with other species. I think either on a, on a conscious or subconscious level, I think that's why so many of the things that we had on the classic 60s TV show have come to be. Oh, yeah. is oh, because yeah. people, like you say, they see that positive projection of the future, so they want it. And they're doing everything they can to, to make it actually happen, right down to, you know, modern cell phones that are very similar to communicators and, you know, iPads and all this you know, stuff you, that we you have. Know, 
you know the people that are inventing that stuff use the word communicator, transporter, right? all that stuff all the time, and they know what they're talking about. They don't have to be like, you know, like that Star Trek TV show. They had that thing that would beam people down. Right. And all that. Yeah, that's their language. It's become a language. Right. Shields up. Yep. Exactly. I agree. Well, it's getting to be about that time, I think. Yep. <laughs> been a jawing for a while. I hey. appreciate you getting in touch, though, and uh, hopefully I'll get this uh, computer issue worked out as soon as I can and we can get back to some, uh, some proper episodes. But in the meantime, there's something to be said for just... Good old-fashioned shooting the shit. Too. Oh, I, we haven't done this in a long time. I didn't even cut. Did you see the? Did you see any of the trailers for the Star Wars Rebels cartoon yet? I haven't. Um, I haven't seen anything yet to get me terribly excited about it. To be honest with you, it looks a little kiddie. It looks like it might be a little on the the kiddie side from Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Clone I have to admit, Clone Wars in that very last season lost me too. So I don't know. I mean I, I'm not down on it, don't get me wrong. I mean I'm I'm glad that they're continuing and I'm glad there are people that are excited for it, but uh I don't know, somewhere along the line it just it just kinda failed to well, you know, the the old one lost my interest and the new one kinda failed to, to generate any interest for me, but you know, in the interest of ending on a positive note um, I'm just now starting the the final book, the ninth book in that uh, Legacy of the Fourth series. Oh yeah! So I'll tell you what, that eighth book was awesome. I'm hoping that the last book is going to be good because so far, I'm about I don't know maybe twenty twenty five pages in, which isn't very far. But I'm I'm about that far into it. And I'm kind of like, all right, can we move it along? This isn't see, really all that interesting. That seems but, to be how that story seems to crop up a lot in your reviews of these books right and you're like but then about three quarters of the way through right. then it started happening but the the prior book was awesome it's karen travis which of all the authors she's been my personal favorite and a lot of it is because when she writes she always throws fat and the mandalorians into it and this last book was great because essentially in a nutshell it was like all right jana who is one of Han and Leia's kids, one of the twins, realizes that Jason's got to go. And so she realizes also that he's more powerful than she is and she can't take him down by herself. So she goes to the one person that she figures can train her to take out a Jedi. And guess who that is? Yoda's granddaughter? <laughs> Boba Fett, Ooh. which is cool because Fett has a big old grudge against basically all of the souls. Any Jedi, yeah. <laughs> Any Jedi as well, yeah, exactly. And uh, I thought it was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It gave me everything that had been built up so far. It gave me everything I wanted to see based on the story as it was being told because – I'm not really so much interested in, in Jason and his story and all this other stuff. The, the, the elements of the story that have interested me the most so far have been the Boba Fett elements. And this thing with Fett was awesome because he finally uh, – he finds his wife who up until 
the last book by Karen Travers, uh, or Travis, rather, um, Fett's wife was believed to be dead. He thought she was dead. And then they find out at the end of the last Karen Travis book that, no, she uh, was frozen in carbonite 30 years ago. And so Fett tracks her down and, and rescues her. And then it becomes a matter of Fett coming to, like, all of a sudden, you know, this ancient past of his just comes rushing back to him. And uh, it, it was it was pretty awesome. I mean, it's basically it was a, it was a story of you know a hard man who's led a hard life, who's now got to deal with the ramifications of, you know, decisions that he made as a very young man that have now come back to just bite him in the ass. You know, and how's he going to deal with all of it? And it's it was good. I mean, it was really really good. It was, you know, for a Star Wars book, it was a lot deeper and a lot more um, emotionally. You know, you could get more uh, emotionally involved and attached to the characters than typically you would in, in a Star Wars story. And I, I really liked that. I thought it was really – I no. thought it was solid. Now, is she the writer who who got mad at the Mandalorian yeah. continuity in Clone Wars and stopped writing? Yeah. That's which, a shame. Which sucks. Yeah, no, I know because, again, I say her, her stuff's the best. I really think hers – you know, and that's not to slight the other authors because I really like Aaron Alston um, and, you know, some of the other authors – there's, yeah, I mean, there's ones I like, there's ones that are like, eh, and then there's ones that I'm like, eh, their books are kind of a slog. But of all of them, she's the one that I personally enjoy the most. I like her writing style. She seems to really understand the characters that she most identifies with, mm -hmm. plus she kind of shies away from the ones that that maybe she doesn't. And I can tell in the writing style the characters that that she thinks she does well and the ones she thinks she doesn't because of just that well, sounds she's like she's into man the Mandalorians, the idea okay. of the Mandalorians. Definitely. And I, you know, having, what's really fun is that I'm really glad that I've read the novels in the sequence that I've read them. Cause I know that I have not read her particular books in the order that they were written, but having read them in the order of the timeline, now everything falls into place and everything makes sense to me. Whereas if I had read them as they were released, I probably would not remember the details and the characters mm -hmm. and you know what the circumstances were. So you know, he, she picked up threads from the pre-Clone Wars stuff, or I mean the, uh, what do you call it, the pre-Empire um, stuff and carried it forward into this, you know, characters that seem to just kind of drop off the radar right around the time of the purge. Now, you know, you kind of catch up with them and find out that, well, you know, they've been living, you know, a, 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 a lie or, you know, living a secret life all these years right under the nose of the Mandalorians in order to keep from being killed in the purge. I thought that was cool, you know, but I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, as soon as I'm all caught up, we're going to, again, you know, I'll plug again that special that uh, I want to do and have um, Jonathan Kreitz and hopefully Scott Rifen can join us for that and, and just kind of do a an EU conversation because I'm itching to do that now. But that's down the road. But I, I have been enjoying it. I think it's really good stuff. And I'm really hoping it doesn't all just get washed away with the new the new movies. I'm about three quarters of the way through the newer walk, newest Walking Dead book. 
Oh, how is it? It's about the same as the other Walking Dead books. I think um, Bill Robinson mailed it to me after he read it, and I think I'm going to mail it to uh, Sean Engel. You know, from the and that'll be a Walking Dead Wednesday as we'll review that. Cool. Maybe we can get you on the um, on the mail chain with that one. It's a quick read. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. It's it's a part one. It's Follow the Governor right. Part One. And you have to read that. It, I've been digging the show. Uh, I surprised myself by saying that, but I've been digging the show. I thought it was good, and uh, I, I, I was—I uh, had a big old jumping on the couch geek out moment at the end of the very latest episode. So I was excited. One of my favorite characters showed up at the very end of the show. So. Oh my god! Yes, that was yeah. great. I—I I, I actually did the same thing, and I was watching it with Scott McGregor, who hasn't read the comics, and he's like, "Oh, is this someone from the comics?" And I'm like. Yeah, not only are they from the comics, but they just sort of literally walked off the cover just now. Yep. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I thought it was good. I'm glad that they... I, I think they're striking a nice balance, because I... Yes. You no, know, I sort of agree with what you said a while ago, that if they just did the comics, then... You know, how exciting would that be for those of us that know the story backwards and forwards? I don't know that I agree with that, but I see where you're coming from. I think this is a nice balance. They've gotten a lot closer to the comics without doing every single beat. I, I can live with that. We'd also be spoil there'd also be us amongst us who'd be spoiling the people watching the TV show and now we can't do it because we have no right. idea what they're gonna right. do. So I mean I think it I think it's a pretty healthy balance. Uh, it's it's back close enough that I can enjoy it. Whereas for a time there, um, I think it was the second season they just lost me. I was like, you know what, screw this show. If they can't do the comics, to hell with it. I'm not interested. But I kept watching it and I kept slogging through it and uh, and finally it seems to have come back in line, you know, closer to what I like and everything. So yeah, and I've see, and and I see how they've diverged from the story. And I can see how they can keep it on track of the general comic continuity, though. You know, right? Without. Exactly. Yeah. And I think they're smart. I think they've split everybody up, and I think I like the stories a lot better. Even if it's not just, even if it's not just for a whole episode, but where you have chunks just focusing on one or two characters. Right. I think it works a lot better on TV when they're doing that, and th and that seems like this second half of the season they've been doing that because the first half was heavily ensembled you know right yeah, so i'm enjoying it yeah. yeah yeah i have been too i've been enjoying it i think it's i think it's pretty solid watch it's about the only regular tv i am watching these days other than uh, reruns of the match game the only re only regular comic i'm buying too and uh although just a tease for the future. I did get the the Phantom Zone comics, so someday we got to do do the yep. promised Phantom Zone show. I got, I'm I think I've got the first eight issues of Dark Horse Star Wars, and I bought the first three issues of the Star Wars, hmm. which I'll have read by Star Wars Monthly Monday to to give a general review or at least a couple of them. Cool. Well, like I say, I really do got to get going here. The wife will be walking in the door pretty soon, and I want to want to have all my shit in one sock, as you like to say. Yeah, so. I do like to say that. <laughs> but it was good talking to you. Yeah. This was fun. We should do this more often. Yes, we should. Yeah, well, without the computer blowing up part. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I should uh, blow up my computer more often. Uh, well, maybe it's my <laughs> turn next. We're, we're just switching off. Well, who knows? If it takes me much longer to get it all worked out, we might have some more of these in place of uh, Commentary Monthly Monday. Yeah, that's another month away, though. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the only reason we couldn't do Commentary Monthly Monday is, yeah, we can't watch a movie at the same time. But, you know what? I like this better. Three different times the idea popped in my head. Ooh, we got commentary monthly Monday coming along, and Chris and I can't do it. So I'll sit down and I'll do one, and I'm like, dumbass, your computer doesn't work. That's five- <laughs> Three different times. Oh, no, is- you could sit down and watch a DVD on your TV and sit and yell at your TV. I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought about getting out my recorder and just doing it that way, but then what the hell do I do with the file? I got no way to send it to you, so... I couldn't send you one of these massive wave files anyway. I would need to shrink it down with something, yeah. and I don't have anything to shrink yeah. it down with. So, yeah, it wouldn't it's work. It's too logistically Yeah, impossible. it's a shame. It would be fun. but It's okay because we've got nerds on film now. If, if So if you miss a commentary, you, all you have to do is wait, or there'll be a nerds on film commentary. Well, you know, you, you raise an interesting point because I, I had said a while back and I, I felt bad because I understood after I posted, I felt I, I felt that I understood exactly how the guys may have misinterpreted what I actually, you know, I had raised the, the question, I think it was on our forum that, you know, now that we have nerds on film on the feed, what what's the what's the use of commentary monthly Monday? And I didn't mean that, like, well, you know, they're, you know, they're there and they're, they're doing thunder. Sticks, so I really meant that as, hey, these guys kind of got us off the hook with this commentary yeah. thing. Why don't we do <laughs> one of the, you know, ten million back burner projects that we were always talking about? That's that was what I meant, but I totally understood that oh. how they could have misinterpreted what I meant. So I, I still, I gotta be honest with you, I, I still keep kicking that idea around that maybe, maybe commentary monthly Monday is not that necessary now that we have like a dedicated slot for just commentary. So maybe it would free us up to do some fun, whatever, anything, you know, storytellers or, or freak files or shoot the shit or whatever we want to do. You know, maybe not even a, a, maybe not even a regular thing you know like you know because i mean this episode started out with you and i kind of lamenting we just don't get to shoot the shit enough so maybe we don't want a rigid mm-hmm. so to speak format in that fourth week spot maybe it would be nice for that fourth week spot to be a good old classic who the but, hell knows what you're gonna get rather what's than left for, of your hair down episode yeah you know ra- rather than wait for fifth week episodes every what are they every three or four months yeah you know what's funny I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody ever called us out on this on the fact that we skipped the last fifth week. Well, so now they know. They know now because they just let the cat out of the bag, but I don't think anybody caught that. Do you? If they did, they didn't say anything to us. They didn't say anything. But yeah, I think that's the first time we ever consciously skipped a slot. We were just like, screw it. It's Christmas. We needed it at There's that time, yeah. Right now, screw it. nobody said anything so yeah i'm with you i think they if anything they're probably grateful for the break they're like jesus i'm never gonna get caught up exactly maybe they haven't even found out yet because they're still six months away from listening (laughs) to that one (laughs) two years from now we'll we'll start hearing about it just like what the hell slackers 
<laughs> right. Don't even know what they're talking about. Right. Oh, man. All right. So the good conclusion, we should do that more often. We should. We should just more often. We should. All right, man. I'm going right. to let you run. I'll talk I'll- to you later. All right. This is funny because the last time we talked, the podcast ended with the phone hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> I just, on behalf of Paul Spataro and myself, I'd like to apologize to your wife. You, you, my only apology is that I didn't answer, that I wasn't prepared enough to answer in Pete Hesh voice. <laughs> like, yeah, I need a ride. Because I know you would have been like, God damn it, Pete. <laughs> oh, I, I was saying some ugly words after I got off the phone to you. I'm sure. I was like, that crazy asshole, why the hell did he think I said I couldn't make it tonight? <laughs> we were we were scared you were going to be sitting behind the desk with your phone going, in your pocket going, what do those assholes want? Right. Oh, well. <laughs> you never did tell me if your refrigerator was running, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll get you, you bastard. <laughs> I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at ForumForGeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? 
Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good, well that ought to hold the little bastards.